Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Wednesday. Matt is joining me here as we are going to go over our Week 2 Top 12 Positional Ranks, and then we are going to jump in. Uh, Got a little bit of NFL news, and then we will preview the Thursday Night Football game, which looks to be just an outstanding game between the Washington football team and the New York Giants. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Wednesday? Good. You know, uh, it'll be a football game anyway. I'm not going to – No no football is bad football, in my opinion. You know, I, I will sit and watch. I'm trying to think of Howard University versus UNLV, and that's not going to be a great game for college. But I will sit and watch it because it's football. And in a couple months, it's going to be February, and the Super Bowl will have just come and gone, and then we're going to be sitting here trying to figure out what we're going to do for, like, the next five, six months and be like, I wish there was football off of it. Look. I'm just going to say no football game is a bad football game unless you're accidentally in England and it turns out to be soccer. How dare you, sir? Soccer is a beautiful sport. I love soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo back with Manchester United. They're going to win the cha- – they got beat by the, the boys. The, what's it, the good old boys? The young, the young boys. This week. Oh. Anyways, you guys aren't here for soccer talk. I apologize. We are proud at the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them on Twitter along with not just us, but a ton of other great shows. They got hockey, baseball, the aforementioned soccer, all kinds of fantasy content as well. It's a great podcast uh, network to be a part of. We are thrilled that they uh, allowed us to be a part of them, probably because they haven't checked out one of these shows yet to realize exactly <laughs> what it is we do. And then we're probably going to get kicked out. But, you know, right now, let's keep that a secret. We will, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing until they figure out what we're doing. All right, so some of the news here. Um, an interesting one, though it doesn't seem like Sean Payton is very worried. Eight members of the Saints, including six offensive coaches, are out with COVID. Sean Payton was, I believe, said earlier today something to the effect of, we're moving forward, it's not a big deal. Everybody has already been fully vaccinated. Uh, he's not worried about any of the players really being uh caught i guess or getting covid because they did a good job of keeping them separate beforehand are you concerned at all because we do know the nfl came out earlier this year if you guys missed it said we're not moving any games if something happens where you guys have to you know get a bunch of players who unfortunately get covid it's a forfeit there is no moving games like last year yeah fortunately you know the the headline was eight members of the saints organization and you know you almost have a heart attack then you read six of them are offensive coaches 
Now the coaches don't matter and offensive coaches don't matter, but Sean Payton's probably the most important offensive coach. He seems relatively yeah. unaffected. What it more makes me concerned about, we know a hotbed right now for Delta variant is Florida. One week in Florida for the Saints and eight people. We know even if you're vaccinated, you can still get it. You know, you don't get as sick, but for purposes of what we do, you're still end up out of the lineup. So it's it's something to monitor. Hopefully it doesn't start spreading to players. But like what you said, we know the game's not going to move, that the Saints are going to be playing the Panthers or forfeiting to the Panthers on Sunday. Uh, for a team that started out really hot and looked really good, we would like to see them have a chance to continue. I actually think that looks yeah. like one of the more fun games potentially now on Sunday. So it's definitely a situation to monitor. Yeah. I mean, I guess my advice would be anybody going down to Florida, don't attend one of those, we'll just call them fancy nightclubs. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of bodily stuff being thrown around. Maybe just avoid them right now until things start to calm down and, you know, to go, go about your business and we can attend those things here in the new near future. Uh, Matt and myself suffered a little bit uh, from this earlier today. Kevin Stefanski came out and ruled OBJ out after we had done some of our rankings, so we had to go back in and adjust those. Uh, but he did come out um, and say that OBJ will not be playing at least this week again for the Browns uh, against the Houston Texans. Um, I, I was telling Matt right beforehand, I watched a little bit of this, and it does seem like Stefanski's not really worried about it. It's more of a just... They want to hold him out one more week to make sure he is fully healthy before he's ready to go in week three. I don't like the attitude. And I'm not saying Stefanski did not come out and say this, but it almost felt like a whole, oh, we probably don't need Odell to beat the Texans. So we're just going to hold him out to make sure he's fully healthy. Usually that stuff comes back to bite you uh, in the ass a little bit, as I mentioned to Matt, but uh, they don't seem worried about it. They really don't seem worried about him. Uh, it just kind of sucks that now we're going a second week without being able to see him out there uh, in this Browns offense. Yeah, we've seen a lot of, uh, of this so far in the season. Guys coming back from injury, there is a matter of rust and timing. OBJ got knocked out mid-season last year, needs to work himself back in. We've seen it even with Saquon Barkley. He looked a little rusty, has to work back in game shape. We saw it in preseason with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow at times struggling, needing to work back in. The longer that we wait to see him get in there, the more it delays coming back. And I think you and I were among the people that were hoping for a big bounce back season for OEJ. wanted to see him bounce back to, to at least be a wide receiver too. A lot of people had high hopes for this year. So it's kind of a bummer to miss him. You know, they may not need him to beat the Texans, but, but at the same time, that seemed like a prime matchup where you could get, yeah. Uh, you know, get some good traction, get some excitement before you hit the teeth of what's, you know, going to be a difficult schedule, especially with some of the division opponents they play. Yeah, I mean, I really don't love the first game Odell's going to be out there is the Chicago Bears game. I mean, their secondary is not quite as good as it was last year, but it's still really good. And to see him have to go out there, you know, Baker, even as good as that offensive line is, we know Wills is probably going to be out for a couple more weeks at least, and Khalil Mack and that defense kind of coming after Baker. So probably not the most ideal. You're right, Texans would have been the better one. But I guess I do like the fact that they're – trying to make sure he's 100% before putting him back on the field. Because we did see that the first year he came over to Cleveland. He was dealing with a little bit of an injury, and they kind of rushed him out on the field. And it never seemed like he really recovered that year. Uh, and, I mean, it didn't help that Freddie Kitchens was their coach either. But it just never really seemed to click. 
And then it obviously got injured pretty early on last year as well. Last but not least, uh, water is wet. Uh, and Ari- Bruce Arians is saying that Ronald Jones is going to start. Uh, you know, I, I would um, – Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of something witty to say, but I was just like, I, I, I trust about uh, – I trust uh, Bruce Arians about as much as I trust Lord Voldemort to tell me something. Like, I, it's not happening, man. Like, I'm well, sorry. I, mean, I couldn't think of a better reference. I apologize, everybody. But Jones literally might start. But well, I, I yeah, think, I guess. I think this comes up because we saw him have kind of a a big fumble there, and he didn't get back in the game. And then Bruce Arians talked about him beating himself up and wasn't able to mentally recover. Was that the reason he didn't get snaps, or did he anger you? But then he comes right back, says he's going to start. I don't know how you did it. I have, I don't have either he or Fournette particularly high, but I have Fournette higher than Jones. I don't care what Arians says. I need to see it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I I'm pretty sure. Um, again, we don't go too deep into our running back rankings, but you can see them. They should be up on the website as tomorrow. That part is free. Those those uh, rankings we give. Uh, Matt, myself, and Brandon, hey, we give our full. We go 20, I'm sorry, 32 at quarterback, 25 at tight end, and then 60 at wide receiver and running back. And, and you get to see the whole ranking set for free. Most of the other rankings, you can only see top 12. We, those we see, do we, give away for free. We were going to charge for them, but then we saw how our rankings went last week, and we thought, good conscience. You know, I wasn't, wasn't going to throw that out there. I was trying to just make us seem, you know, like we're very charitable and stuff like that. And I didn't want them to know it's mostly just because we sucked at least last week. Uh, but yeah, I, I did not have any of the, uh, the Buccaneers running backs ranked high and uh, Fournette was my highest rank though, as well. Yeah. He seemed like, I mean, he seemed like he was getting a lot of run. It seems like Geo's still a little banged up. So I'm sure Jones will get some opportunity. They're playing Atlanta should not be quite as competitive as the Cowboys game was. So maybe we'll get to see a little bit more, but yeah. Rojo. I know I was, I was very high on it when he came out too. still hurts a little bit right here, right here in my heart. All right. So let's go into our rankings that we just met you. We'll start at quarterback. We'll do the same, uh, same thing every week. So if you guys missed it last week, Matt, I will have you start, give your 12 through seven, and then we will give our top six. Okay, and we're starting with quarterbacks. So my yes. twelve is Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't know. I don't you know? I think they're going to have a good game against the Texans. Eleven, and I don't feel great about it, but I have Aaron Rodgers. I have to believe that the Packers are going to come back uh, and and be competitive against Detroit. And we saw. Detroit's defense wasn't in great shape with Jeff Okuda. I don't imagine they got better without Jeff Okuda. I think we we see – I'm still thinking we're going to get a bounce back from the two Aarons and Devontae Adams, the game that we thought we were going to get last week. But if they do it again, RIP Aaron Rodgers in my mentions. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my number 10. Um, I know it's not an easy matchup with the 49ers. He looked really good last week until he proves that he needs to come down. I'm going to move him on. Josh Allen, nine, on the road. Miami, not an easy defense. I think they're going to win, but I put him down a little bit. Matt Stafford, Rams at eight. Um, They are in against the Colts. Russell Wilson, Torch the Colts. I'm not worried about Matt Stafford. Yeah. Number seven, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'd probably have him higher if I thought the Buccaneers had to try hard to beat Atlanta. Uh, 
Number six, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I think Dallas's defense is better, but they're still Dallas's defense. Number five, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I saw what Kyler Murray did to the Titans defense in Tennessee. The Titans defense is now on the road on the West Coast. I do not believe in them. Number four, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. The Chargers have a decent defense, but I think the Cowboys offense is just that good. Number three, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. I think Ravens Chiefs potentially is going to be the game of the week in terms of back and forth scoring. Number two, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And number one, I'm key. I had him there last week. I'm keeping him there. Kyler uh, Murray. Uh, I think I was only supposed to go to six. And I screwed you, but uh, that's right. Kyler, uh, <laughs> playing the Vikings, I don't believe in the Vikings. Um, so most we have a lot of the same players in here. A couple differences, like for instance, I don't have Baker up there. Um, I do think they will rely a little bit. Uh, we saw them rely a lot on the run in that game early in the game. Then they kind of went to the passing. I don't think they're going to have to pass that much. Texans had one of the worst rush defenses last year. I think uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt will be able to eat a little bit. Uh, so I think Baker have a good day. I had him at 15, but I, I, I hope he finishes top 12. I've got him uh, on a lot of teams. Uh, but I, I, he's really the main one that I feel like I don't have that you had in there. So at 12, I have Tannehill. Um, I just expect him to bounce back a little bit this week, I think, with the rushing upside as well. And I think they're going to have to rely on him. We saw that defense was just as bad as we thought it was going to be. I think they're going to have to start passing the ball more. They're not going to be able to rely on Derrick Henry like they did last year, which likely means Tannehill is going to have to produce, and I think he'll be able to do that this week. At 11, I have Russell Wilson. I think, uh, obviously, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to have much trouble with um, the – wait, who did they play this week? Is not the Colts. Uh, Why am I thinking of the Colts? Oh, God, I should move him up further. I, I, for That's whatever reason, I have listed five. as the Colts. So he'll move up a little bit. But, yeah, so I apologize. I don't know why I have him listed here as playing the Titans. I guess I never he changed that. Um, the Colts last week. Yeah, I know. Uh, Stafford here at 10 uh, for me. Then I have Hurts at 9. Uh, kind of the same with you on Hurts. Uh, I mean, I had him at 6, I think, last week. He's going to be in my top 10 every week until he gives me a reason not to put him up there again. The legs, and he looked a lot better passing. I don't know if you saw that uh, Sports Center stat that I tagged Ray uh, Garvin in. Uh, I'm going to jump in. I want to tag. Okay, I'll tell you about that right now because Ray, um, I really respect Ray when it comes to breaking down prospects. And last year, he said that. And it's something I've never said like this together, but I've said that I think Lamar struggles at a passer at times. I've been like completely just killed. On Twitter for it, most of the time I think it's because people know that I'm a Browns fan and they think I'm being critical of Lamar because he's a Ravens player, which is not true. I was all in on Lamar this year. Uh, he said that he believes Jalen Hurts is a better passer than Lamar, and so he thinks that Jalen Hurts has staying power because of that, because we've seen what Lamar can do, and he feels like Hurts is a little bit more accurate. In five games, Jalen Hurts has started five games, right? He has now two 300-yard passing games. In Lamar Jackson's, I think it's 38 starts, do you know how many 300-yard passing games he has? One. In 38 starts, one 300-yard passing game. But now, his, some of that is – His 300-yard games must have been last year, though, right? Well, I think he got – did he not get 300 last week? I don't know. 64. Okay. 264 and 62 rushing. Then I guess so, yeah. That's just – I mean, it was from ESPN. I assume they didn't mess that yeah. That up, no. but yeah, it was a uh, yeah. I, I was I was kind of surprised last year. He he was on a roll at the end of yeah. last year, but we thought maybe it was partially because people didn't have tape on him, wasn't expecting it, and and the Eagles. But you know, 
people have definitely have tape on him now. And yep, you still look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, granted, Falcons, so take that with a little bit of great assault, but uh, it still still looked yeah. pretty good out there. But yeah, so I, I was kind of surprised by that. So I'm I'm all in on on Hertz. I think. Like you said, until he gives us a reason not to, he's going to be in the top 10. It's just going to vary on where he goes in the top 10. I think a little bit of a tougher matchup this week, so I dropped him down just a couple spots. What did I do with my rankings? There we go. Uh, I have Brady at eight, so one spot behind you. I just think they're going to get to a point in that game where they're probably just going to start running it. He's not going to need to pass it much, but he's up there. Uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen up here at seven. Then I have Lamar up at six. I wanted to move Lamar up more, but then there was news just came out that Marquise Hollywood Brown is questionable now for that game against the Chiefs. I, I know. I'm, I'm so worried about what this offense Lamar's could look like. 300 yards and five touchdowns. And that, that's why I kind of want to move him up because I feel like Baker still had a pretty good day against that Chiefs uh, defense. And Lamar obviously can do a lot more with his legs than Baker can. So I, I just – it was more of like a hesitant thing for me. I, I'm at six. I wanted to move him up a little bit higher, but I'm going to keep him here for now. Kyler Murray coming in at five. Um, I think he's going to have another big week. I, I just like some of the other quarterbacks ahead of him. Mahomes at four because I do think it's going to be a shootout again, and Mahomes is going to have to keep up with Lamar somewhat. They don't have a running game either, in my opinion, so it's all going to be on Mahomes. I have Rodgers up here at three uh, because I think Rodgers is pissed about what happened last week, and he's going to come out on fire. I I would not be surprised if we see a – I think it was two years ago, Devontae Adams game where he had like over a hundred something yards in like the first half, 120 or it was almost 150 yards receiving in the first half. I think, I think he's going to go nuts this week against Detroit, especially with Okuda being out at uh, two. I have Dak. Pre- I'm just going to two and one is Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. I agree with you that the Chargers defense is really good. Cowboys defense looked a little bit better than I expected them to, so I don't think they're going to be quite that defense as a a get-right defense like they were last week. But I think because these offenses are both going to be so good, they're going to be going back and forth all game long. And I think that's what's going to kind of boost both Dak and Justin Herbert up. So they are my top two at quarterback this week. It's it's interesting to me that you have uh, Tannehill up there because Seattle's defense – did a pretty good job with the Colts offense and Tennessee looks like a hot mess that has trouble protecting. I actually knocked Henry and Tannehill and AJ Brown down and dropped Julio quite a bit. I, they have some bad energy to me. I have Tannehill at QB 21. Ooh, so that's going to be very interesting to to see. I just, one of us is going to be wrong. I, I, I well, he, he might, come in closer to 15. I just – I don't think Tennessee wants to go 0-2, and I don't think they're quite as bad as they looked in week one as well. I really think it was just one of those things where – and I could be wrong because I've, I've said all often I don't think Tennessee's a playoff team. But I kind of think it was one of those things where Arizona jumped on them so fast and just kind of kept punching them in the face, and I felt like it was one of those things where they just kind of folded. I don't think that happens this week. I mean, we've seen – the past couple of years, at least, the Tennessee Titans have been a very good team. I think Tannehill, again, I think he's going to use his legs a lot this week. Julio's got another week in that offense to get going a little bit. I, I, I think they're going to have to pass a lot because I don't think yeah. Henry's going to be a major part in this one. So that's why I think volume, purely volume-based, Tannehill's going to be up there. He's another question mark for me, too. They were talking about it on NFL Radio this morning. Mike Vrabel um, 
basically publicly slammed Julio Jones and his effort and some of his behavior on the field. And the guys that were on the radio this morning, both ex-players said it's you, you have total respect for a coach that's going to hold you accountable. And Rabel came from that Belichick system where yeah. no one was above, but there's a difference between them telling you they and holding you accountable and going to the media and going to the media, especially with a player like that in a new situation can either light a fire under them or completely back, backfire and destroy yeah. you. And I don't know if I feel like the Titans had very good chemistry last week or. Well, that no, it makes I, me a little nervous. I agree. I'm with just going to say it makes me a little nervous. So this week I knocked them back a little bit. I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I said that on the Monday show that I really think that's part of the issue with Julio because he. There were reports that he barely practiced this offseason with the Titans, and he did not play in a single preseason game we talked about. It. I think that's why a lot of teams were so off last year, right, because of COVID. I would not be surprised, but I think Julio is just so good that if he goes out there, I think he can have a good game. He almost had a touchdown in that game. I think it got called back where he dropped it. I don't remember, but he had a ball in the end zone. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm, I'm not – I don't know. I could be wrong. This is one of the ones I, I'm just – I feel like Tennessee is going to bounce back a little bit, and so I'm kind of I'm, – I'm in on on them having a good week. Let's go to running back. I'll give my um, my top – or my 12 through uh, 7 here first. So at 12, I've got Najee. I had him there last week. Um, obviously a disappointing game, but we just saw what Tyson Williams was able to do against the Raiders. Uh, I think it's not unfair to say – that uh, Najee Harris is much better than him, so I think he's going to go out and have a good game. I've got DeAndre Swift here at 11. Again, I think the Packers are going to come out on fire and try and put as many points as they can up on the board, which likely means a ton of dump-offs to him and Jamal Williams. I have Jamal Williams inside my top 24 as well, uh, not quite as high as Swift. Uh, Zeke I have up here at 10. Uh, Chargers, good defense, but I do think that, again, I think it's going to be a very high offensive scoring game. Hopefully he gets a couple more dump-offs as well. At 9, Eckler, same thing. Obviously they're playing each other. At 8, I have uh, Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, Rams defense looked pretty good. Now, granted, David Montgomery ended up having a pretty good game, but I think with the mixture of Hines in here as well, it's going to limit him a little bit. He did look great rushing last week, but he got a lot of receiving work. So if that receiving work stays there, I could see Taylor moving up a little bit, but I, I've got him at eight. At seven, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I just think it's going to be a fun game. I, I'm thought about moving him higher, but I think I'm going to keep him right around here for now. I mean, Panthers defense didn't look horrible last week, but they were playing the Jets, so I'm kind of not sure what to think about that defense. And then at... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's my seven. All right, so who do you got 12 through seven? Uh, 12 for me, I have Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, I think he ends up leading uh, the 49ers backfield. I liked what he did last week. Uh, you know, I'm not going to Pop, I think he finished his RB3 last week. I don't have him that high, but I I, I like him like to see. Number 11, Najee Harris. Um, so the same reasons as you. He gets tons of volume. You know, I think if you took Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray's work and combined them together, um, that would have been right about where they, they ended up. Both those guys scored touchdowns. I think it's going to be a, a good game for Najee Harris, especially at home. 10, I have Joe Mixon. Uh, I know they're playing the Bears, but 
Darrell Henderson did pretty decently against the Bears last week on the road, and I think Mixon's going to get a lot more volume than that, uh, both as a runner and he was getting some pass work, so I'm in there. Number nine, I have DeAndre Swift a lot for the same reasons uh, you do. He's a primary passing target, as we saw. He's going to get carries. Uh, they gave up a pretty decent day to Alvin Kamara in week one, so I think Swift's going to do well. I also have Jamal Williams inside my top 24, right at 24, um, so I think both of them, they're going to be factors all season. Uh, then at number eight, I have Antonio Gibson. Um, I think especially with Heineke, they're going to rely on him. The Giants' defense did pretty well uh, in spots, but they gave up over 150 yards rushing to the Broncos. And I think Antonio Gibson can do uh, is a little more dynamic than Melvin Gordon. So I think he's going to have a decent night. And at seven, I have Aaron Jones. Um, the We just saw Detroit get raked um, by Elijah Mitchell. And I think both Aaron's and Devontae are going to be fired up at home yeah. to be better. All right, so my six, I have Dalvin Cook. I think he's – outside of an injury, he's going to be up here near the top five every single week. Just doesn't make any sense not to have him up here. Um, at five, I have Antonio Gibson uh, with, with Heineke back there. I expect him to do a lot more dump-offs and just focus more on Antonio Gibson uh, to kind of – they've got a good enough defense if they can play the run game and, not re- and limit the turnovers. I think Washington still is a very good team. At four, I have Aaron Jones, uh, as you just mentioned, and we've talked about already. Packers likely going to have a massive game. Aaron Jones up here at four. At three, I have Joe Mixon. I mean, he looked incredible last week. I, I don't see any reason why he slows down uh, this week. Who are they playing again? I'm trying to – oh, yeah, the Bears. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, obviously, a pretty good defense. But as you just mentioned, Darrell Henderson, 70-plus yards on the ground, touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think Mixon's better. Plus, he's got the work in the receiving game as well. They don't really have anybody else there behind him. So as long as he's good and healthy, I think he's going to end for a massive game. At two, I've got Nick Chubb. I mean, I expect the Browns to just run, 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 and and just pile it up on Houston. I don't expect them to have a whole lot of passing. And I don't think this defense is really going to be able to do much to stop Chubb either. I mean, he looked really good against that Kansas City defense, in my opinion, outside of the fumble. Uh, I think Chubb's in for a big game. And then at one, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. When Christian McCaffrey is on by, it's still going to be Christian McCaffrey because he's likely still going to have outscored everybody who ends up playing and getting points that week. So he's going to be number one every single week, now, just so you guys are aware. No surprises. Six for me is David Montgomery. Um, I liked what he did last week against uh, the Rams, and I think they want to keep going. They're trying to mix in the run, especially with uh, the red rifle back there. Number five, I have Nick Chubb. Uh, He was great last week. I don't see it changing. Number four, you had him lower. I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, They noted one of the things about the Rams defense last week when they were talking about him playing the Bears is the way they play and open up the middle. They're almost daring you to run. The Colts want to run and have a better line than the Bears do. I think Jonathan Taylor might have his first 100-yard game of the season. Number three, I have Dalvin Cook. I think the Vikings really want to run. Um, he's also a guy that catches a lot of dump offs. Uh, I think they're going to need to try to establish a run game more than Tennessee was able to do to keep that Arizona front and Chandler Jones honest. Number two, I have Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's a weapon on the ground and in the passing game, he doesn't really have a 
veteran threat behind him. And I think with them having very few receivers and things like that, I think he's going to play a big part. And then number one for me is the same as you, Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how you go away from a guy that returned from missing almost a season that had a measly 189 yards total, 189 total yards. Yeah. I know. I'll put that. It couldn't even break 200. What a loser. All right. So why don't you give us your 12 through seven wide receivers? Yeah. So for me at 12, I have Debo Samuel, 49ers. Um, He looked really good. He seems like he's becoming a focal point in the passing game. And again, I know the Falcons couldn't take advantage of it, but the Eagles secondary uh, does not seem incredibly imposing to me. I actually have Jimmy G up inside my top 15. Lord help us all. Uh, Number 11, I have Stephon Diggs. Uh, He still seems like the main focus for Buffalo. Again, they're playing Miami. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher, but we've seen him thrive against tougher corners before. 10, I have Justin Jefferson. Um, I think, think he'll probably end up having a bigger game here. They're definitely going to have to throw to keep up with Arizona. And Arizona doesn't have a true number one corner uh, right now that that really scares you. I think uh, Byron Murphy is their, their top corner. Uh, number nine for me is Cooper Cup. He had incredible chemistry and seemed to be a go-to guy uh, with Stafford watching that last week. He had a lot of targets, led them in targets. Uh, number eight for me is C.D. Lamb. Um, I think, you know, with Gallup on the bench, they have some other guys, but I think Lamb and Cooper are going to be even more of a focus. And those guys did really well last week. I don't see that changing. Uh, Number seven for me is Keenan Allen, who I think is going to be the focus for Justin Herbert. So at number 12, I have Lamb. Again, uh, we're going to talk a lot about that game, I think, on Friday, too. Uh, I think Lamb uh, really looked good in that game, as did Cooper. I've got both of them very high again this week. Had Lamb ranked above Cooper, I think Cooper outscored him barely in fantasy no, by a lot. last week. It was a lot. Cooper I thought, was I thought. wide receiver one in PPR. Lamb was wide receiver thirteen. Oh, was he? I thought Lamb still got like twenty something points. I know, I know, he Cooper did, got Cooper thirty, had like thirty six points. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I've got Lamb up there as the one uh, for them this week at eleven. I have Tyler Lockett. I, I'm debating on moving him down a little bit, but he looks so good. That chemistry is there with Russell, but it always seems like he's like an every other week kind of guy. So maybe this is DK's week. I still have both of them in my top 12, though. Um, At 10, Justin Jefferson had a decent week last week. I expect him to bounce back a little bit this week for Minnesota. At 9, I have Allen Robinson. I mean, he was targeted a lot. Uh, We saw how well Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and Justin Jefferson looked against this Bengals secondary last week. I have no doubt that Allen Robinson is going to look good, whether it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton at QB. Uh, At number eight, I have have Calvin Ridley. Uh, You know, I know, Matt, we talked a little bit pre-show. You've got Calvin Ridley down pretty far. Um, I just think because he's really the only option with Pitts that they're going to get some kind of volume because Tampa Bay is probably going to jump on Atlanta quickly. And so even with the volume, I don't – the injuries there, I mean, you have uh, Murphy Bunting is out now all year, I believe, because sh- it was a shoulder injury or dislocated it's elbow, elbow I, think. I think. Yeah, for, for, for the Bucks. So I think their second is a little bit weaker. Now, granted, Matt Ryan didn't have a whole lot of time last week against an Ingles defensive line. I think the Bucks is even better, but I, they, he's going to get the, the ball to somebody. So I still have Ridley up here. I, I think he's too talented to keep out of the top 12. Maybe I should move him down to 12, but I think he's going to have an okay day. And then at seven, I have Stefan Diggs here with the Bills. I just expect them. 
uh, to have a good game is a weird, weird game last week against the, uh, uh, the Steelers and Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins didn't really look great on defense to me. Mac Jones at times was kind of picking them apart. I trust Josh Allen and, and Diggs to be a little bit better this week against Miami. So, uh, so six for me, I'm Allen Robinson. Um, we saw what Adam Thielen did to the Bengals secondary. Um, Allen Robinson better. Yeah. Uh, number five for me is DK Metcalf. Um, DeAndre Hopkins destroyed the Titans last week. And so I think that where, you know, I think Lockett will be fine. I still have him up in my uh, top 15, but I think this ends up being DK Metcalf will, you know, register some ownership yeah. uh, in that secondary. Number four for me is Amari Cooper. Um, he was incredible. Um, it looks like he and Dak are just on a different page now. Um, and like I said, with Gallup, I think it out, I think it's going to clarify, especially in the tougher game that they're going to go against a couple of guys. Number three for me is Devonte Adams. Um, I expect Devonte Adams has some anger still and it's going to come out hot. Number two for me is DeAndre Hopkins uh, again, Vikings secondary. Uh, no, thank you. And then number one for me is Tyreek Hill. We thought Tyreek was uh, going to have a lesser game last week, and all he managed was a yes. Darren Waller, like 15 targets, 11 receptions, 175 yards. I saw what uh, Waller and Brian Edwards and Ruggs and Hunter receding hairline Renfro to, to the Ravens secondary. I'm not really worried about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Marlon Humphreys, and I think for the most part, Denzel Ward kept Hill in check. It was really the big play, which was he got – they ended up getting a safety on Tyreek Hill. I tweeted out the thing that it just seems like those two are able to pull off this this bull crap every time, every week it seems like. But, yeah, yeah I've got I've got Hill pretty high in my ranks as well. So, at five, I have Metcalf as well. You mentioned it. Hopkins went nuts against the Titans. I expect Metcalf to do the same. At four, Keenan Allen for me. Dude was on fire last week, was one of the best scoring wide receivers and didn't even get a touchdown last week. I think that changes against this Dallas secondary. There's nobody really on the secondary that scares me. I think Allen is in for a big day, as, as is Mike Williams. I have Mike Williams pretty high as well. Uh, three, Hopkins. He's kind of like McCaffrey for me at this point. Really, these top three guys are. They're going to be somewhere in the top five every single week. They're just not going anywhere. They're too good. Um, at two is Tyree Kill uh, because, again, I've said, I just think Adams and Green Bay are going to go crazy this week. Uh, and so I think the Ravens defense will focus in on Hill. He's still going to have a big game. But Adams, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I think, like, a hundred plus by halftime is very reasonable here for Adams with at least a touchdown. It's of course, maybe they're going to have zero points again and get beat 38 to three, but I really think green Bay is going to turn it around. And this, week kind of go crazy against Detroit Lions. So if you're, uh, if you're playing any of the Packers, better hope you're up by a lot going into that Monday night game. Cause it's going to be a very stressful yeah. night for you. Let's finish it up with the tight ends, uh, Matt, before we jump in and preview the Thursday night football game. Yep, so uh, number 12 for me, I have Johnny Smith for the Patriots. I know somebody's going to have to catch. I do not think that's going to be a very high-scoring or robust game, the Jets yeah. and Patriots, but um, Smith I have higher. Um, number 11, Juwan Johnson for the Saints. Um, can't Finally came out after we saw that, that the Saints really like him. They seem to be liking him in the red zone. Looks like he's going to get that kind of Jared Cook red zone look, uh, which, you know, 
for tight ends, touchdowns is what you got to be looking for because kind of fungible position. Yeah. Ten for me is Logan Thomas in Washington. I think especially with Samuel out, Thomas and McLaren are the focus there. It may not be a robust passing game, but I still like him. Number nine for me, Higby for the Rams, Tyler Higby. Um, I just think the Rams want to pass, and they're using Higby and the two receivers. Uh, number eight for me is Noah Fant uh, for the Broncos. Um, he was very heavily targeted uh, in the first game. I don't see that changing against Jacksonville. And number seven for me is Dallas Goddard with the Eagles. Um, he and Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager all caught touchdowns. It looks like Goddard really is <laughs> – uh, more of a target than Ertz for the Eagles. All right, so at 12, I have John Smith as well. I am with you. I think he's clearly the guy that they want to use in different ways in that offense, and he's going to be one of the main um, receivers on uh, or receiving option for the Mac Jones this week. At 11, I have Noah Fant, uh, just because I think this Jags defense is also very bad against the run. So I think Fant is going to end up having a good day. I can see Gordon and Williams also just kind of like eating up a lot of clock here against the Jaguars, leading Denver to a win. At 10, I have Goddard. I, I I agree with you. He definitely seemed to be kind of like the second receiver behind Smith, but I don't know if they're as high scoring. Granted, if Goddard gets a touchdown, he's, he's shooting up because of just how fickle this position is. Uh, but I, I've got him right there at 10. At 9, I have Rob Gronkowski. I mean, after what I saw last week, I don't know how I keep him out of my top 10. I think he's going to clearly be – it almost looks like they have that chemistry back of when they were in New England again. He was talking to him up on their um, their Let's Go show that he has on SiriusXM with Larry Fitzgerald about how great he's looked and he's back to the old Gronk. So I think Gronk's in for probably a, a big season this, week, this year. So I've got him at 9. At 8, I have Mark Andrews. Uh, I thought it was just a weird game against Oakland. They tried to get him the ball, missed on a couple big throws that could have made the day a lot bigger for him. I think he bounces back this week again in what's likely going to be a high-scoring game. And then at seven, I have Logan Thomas again. Uh, Heineke being out there, Logan Thomas actually had a very good year last year with Heineke, uh, Kyle Allen. Like He was one of the tight ends who was very consistent with multiple changes at quarterback, so I don't think that changes for him having Heineke as his quarterback. I think he's a very trust. Uh, he's a option that Heineke will trust a lot because he'll be kind of in the short area where McLaurin may be their deep option. So I'm still in on Logan Thomas. Yeah. At six for me, I have Rob Gronkowski for what you talked about. He, I mean, it looked like Patriot connection days. Number five, I have George Kittle. Um, he had a decent day, um, but it seems like they have some other weapons. They may be running. Uh, number four, TJ Hawkinson. He led the Lions in targets. The Lions are going to be behind. He's going to leave the Lions in targets again. Three for me, Mark Andrews. Um, they tried a lot of big plays. They were very close to landing them. We saw the Chiefs' defense susceptible to big plays for the tight end. David Njoku did that, I think. Uh, no offense, but I think Mark Andrews is a little bit better than Njoku. I'm thinking they're yeah. going to need to and will land a couple of those, especially if Marquise Brown can't go because that makes him, you know, it's Sammy Watkins and uh, Andrews. Tyler Wallace. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Number two. Yeah. Number two, Darren Waller. Find someone who loves you as much as Derek Carr loves Darren Waller. Yeah. The guy got 19 targets last week. Don't foresee that changing a lot. And number one, Travis Kelsey. Um, Darren Waller yeah. destroyed the Ravens over the middle. Travis Kelsey probably a little, just a touch. I mean, not a lot, but just a touch better. 
Yeah, uh, so I've got at six, uh, Tyler Higbee. You already mentioned the Rams likely going to uh, be passing a lot. Uh, the Colts' defense didn't really do much to stop Russell Wilson, and I think that the Rams' offense is better. So right now, at least, I'm still riding with Higby, but I do think that this lasts all season. Uh, at five, I just can't quit him. I'm going to do it. Kyle Pitts. This is it. This is the week. He's going to have a big week. Tampa Bay, I don't know if they're going to be able to cover him. He's got to – Matt Ryan's got to pass the ball to someone. They're not going to get shut out. I'm in on Kyle Pitts this week. Number four, TJ Hawkinson. As you mentioned, a ton of targets. They're going to be behind. He's going to be fed the ball. Um, three for me is is Darren Waller. I expect him to, again, continue to probably get, if they pass the ball 30 times, he's going to get 28 targets. Uh, but the Steelers still have a very good defense. I think that they are going to try and uh, try and lock up Waller. So I expect him to have a little bit of a lower week as it just dropping down one spot. Uh, Kittle, for me, is the guy at two this week. Uh, Eagles defense doesn't scare me much, uh, but they, I felt like their run defense was actually pretty good. Now, maybe it was Mike Davis. I don't know, but they looked pretty good against the run last and week. Atlanta's offensive line. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I'm not 100% sold that Mitchell's going to be the guy, especially now with most of being out. I think they're going to mix in Sermon as well, I, and I don't know that I trust anybody on that defense to really slow down. Kittle or really Debo, I can see them passing the ball a lot. I, I think Kittle's in for a pretty big game this week. And then, yeah, number one, I mean, it, it's the CMC of the tight end position in Travis Kelsey. He's going to be one every single week. So it's just that one is not really, like I said, it's not, not, we're not surprising anybody with that pick. All right. Well, you know, you got our rankings, um, but if you want to have some comparison rankings, you need to get over to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro. It's a full suite of tools that will make you a better fantasy manager. It's the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. They have rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. So get over there and get the Flash Update Pro today. If you use the code ROUNDTABLE, you'll get 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, so let's talk about the Thursday night game, which is between the Washington football team and the New York Giants. For the Giants side, Evan Ingram out. Saquon Barkley listed as questionable, though everything is pointing to he's likely going to play. Matt, what do you expect from the Giants offense? And if Saquon does play, are you starting? I'm going to say I, I actually watched a ton of Giants last week because uh, they happened to be playing my Denver Broncos. Daniel Jones looked better than I expected against a pretty robust Denver secondary. Sterling Shepard looked a lot better than expected. I would be curious to see if that continues. When it comes to Saquon, I thought it was a combination of he looked a little rusty. They were playing a very good defensive front, and they were rotating Devontae Booker um, to keep him fresh and to slowly work him in. I don't think that changes, especially on a short week on Thursday night. I do not have Saquon Barkley in my top 30. It's possible he breaks one and gets a touchdown, but we saw him drop a routine pass last week that you don't see happen. That's He has not had a lot of game reps and not a lot of contact. You're talking about a short, short week for these guys. I'm not starting him. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I had him at 28, so we're, we're almost lockstep in there with Barkley. I hate to see it because I love Saquon. I think he is a transcendent player, not just a running back football player in general. It sucks to see that, but I do think he is working back a little bit. He was not practicing a lot. We ne- we didn't really see him in the preseason. I think it's going to take him a couple weeks to kind of get going in. And let's be honest, the Giants offensive line is not great, which probably hurts him a little bit as well. Outside then of Sterling Shepard, who I think is an automatic start, I don't remember exactly where I have him in my ranks, but he is top 24. I don't think there's any way you can sit him right now with the way he looked last week. As long as he's healthy, I expect him to to go out there and have um, a really good week and probably a really good season. I do have Kenny Galladay ranked fairly high as well. I was trying to pull mine up here, but all of a sudden my computer is moving very yeah. slow. So I have Galladay at 22. And Sterling Shepard at 19. So I think both of them can go out there and have a pretty good game this week. Is Sterling Shepard the only player you're starting for the Giants this week? Assuming Superflex out, we're starting Daniel Jones and Superflex. Just, you know, regular wide receivers running back tight end. I actually am not sure, unless I had uh, no other options, that Daniel Jones would be a starter for me in Superflex. I have him outside my top 24. The Washington defense is pretty stout, and their secondary actually held um, a much better quarterback in Justin Herbert and a much better receiver in Keenan Allen pretty well in check. I have Sterling Shepard as a healthy uh, top-end wide receiver three, so I'm probably playing him. Based on what I saw last week, I actually would have – I have Darius Slayton in as a wide receiver four. He seemed like a guy they were taking shots to. I think Galladay is still trying to work himself back into shape. I think they're mixing in Kadarius Tony because they don't know what they're doing with him. I I do have all three of those guys in my top 60, but I have Kenny Galladay down in the 50s. Um, gotcha. It's he's he was suffering with a little bit of a hamstring thing. Yeah. I didn't look like he had good great chemistry with Daniel Jones. And I'm, I'm thinking Washington probably is going to spend a pretty decent corner on him. Slayton's the one I think will have a shot to get a deep ball. And then Shepard just seemed like the most consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, the reason I have Galladay ranked so high is I think he can play the Mike Williams role. We saw what Mike Williams was able to do against him last week. Now, I didn't take much into – I didn't take the hamstring issue into effect much. So that could limit him a little bit, but – if it doesn't, I think Galladay is the one who's in for a big week because I would be surprised if they have their guys focusing more on Shepard based on the week that he just had. So I I, I have both. I, I double-checked. I apologize. I have Sterling Shepard at 29 and Galladay at 22. So I have Shepard pretty much a wide receiver three as well, but both I think are playable, especially in likely if you're paying attention to this show, you're in deeper format. So I think both of those guys are playable. Yeah, and – you know, so your best case, I just looked it up. Mike Williams finished as uh, wide receiver 14, I think, largely because he got a big touchdown. Keenan and Allen ended up kind of in the wide receiver. He was wide receiver 20. Um, I think both those guys might be a little bit better than um, the Giants receivers, but I think for sure the quarterback is better, and that's where I'm just a little more cautious, I think, especially on a yeah. short week. All right, so anything else you want to add on the Giants side before we move over to Washington? Nope, I'm I'm just hoping you're not resting your fantasy week on the Giants. 
that. Yeah. Uh, for Washington, really, the big one is just Fitzpatrick. He is obviously out with the hip supplication. I don't know how to say yeah. it. Supplication. I don't know. Uh, and the, popped, the ball yeah. popped out there of the go. joint. That's all there we go. Just his hip popped. That's all that matters. When you're old, that hurts. Henneke is in for Washington. How does that impact your thoughts on the offense? Yeah, the, the Giants' secondary isn't terrible, uh, and their front wasn't terrible. I think, you know, on a short week, they're going to go ahead and try to run it um, more. We didn't see uh, incredible stats last week. Heineke didn't, uh, even in a game, um, you know, where they, they were from behind, he didn't throw it a ton. I was trying to find uh, the the score. Um But uh, I have Terry McLaurin as wide receiver 24. You know, I can't bring myself to drop him out of wide receiver two status. But we saw it wasn't an incredible game. He and Logan Thomas, you're probably still playing, but moderating expectations. I think both of us were more on the it's going to be an Antonio Gibson game. I think they're going to yeah. try to run to protect him. I made jokes about this being 6-3. In reality, I would not be shocked if this game doesn't get out of the teens. Yeah, I mean, I still have Gibson and Thomas high. I do think they'll be the focal point of the offense. I have McLaurin at 16. I'm with you. I just I can't drop him too much. And we saw the – Amazing catch I talked about on Monday. I feel like was already the coach of the year. Um, so I, I'm right there with uh, with you on McLaurin. I just don't think you can drop him too much because he's going to be the main focus outside of Logan Thompson. He's just such a good route runner. He's going to find ways to get open because I still don't think outside of Bradbury, who may be on McLaurin, that giant secondary is not great. So if Bradbury's on McLaurin, maybe you limit expectations a little bit, but still he's likely going to end up finishing right around wide receiver two. Uh, territory. All right. So who are you picking to win the game? Then? I'm going with Washington. I just don't think they start. Owen too. Yeah. I'm taking Washington as well. Um, as good as the giants looked last week, I, I still think that Washington is just a better team all around. And again, we saw Heineke challenge Tampa Bay in that playoff game last year. So I, I he's not, a starting quarterback, but he is a more than serviceable backup. And that, like I said earlier, the team is good enough around him with the weapons they have in the defense. I expect Washington's going to be okay until Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back. They'll stay around 500. So I am picking Washington to win this game as well. And Dennis also uh, picked Washington. So it's a clean sweep. So expect the Giants to win 32-10 tomorrow night. All right. So, that will do it for us today. Again, uh, no podcast Thursday. Yard no, I would hate that because I'm sitting him in a couple of my big leagues. Uh, if you guys have been following us for the past couple of years, we always obviously did this show on Thursdays. It will be on Wednesdays just to give you guys a reminder now so you will not hear from us again till Friday, at which it will be Matt, myself, and Dennis back to recap the Thursday night football game and then preview the entire week to NFL slate. So until then, enjoy the Thursday night football game, and we will see you guys again on Friday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him at the 40-yard line.